Well, good day, everyone, and welcome to The Journey this week. My name's Jude Hennessy, and we've got a great show lined up for you on what is the 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time. This is a show put together by a whole bunch of people from the, the Catholic Church contributing to the wonderful thing, which is Christian radio right around Australia, lots of Christian radio stations. Thank you so much for all of our partnering radio stations who take the show each and every week. We hope it's blessing you and your communities and bringing about unity and also aiding people on their journeys as disciples and, and in exploring faith. We're going to be hearing from some great people this week. Dave Callahan, Father Dave from the Missionaries of God's Love. And he's going to be talking to us about love and how love seeks unity, seeks, seeks a union. We're going to be hearing from Trish McCarthy. He's going to be asking us if we're doing too much. Father Anthony Crook, he's giving us part two of spirituality and well-being. A short series on, on that and particularly why belonging to a faith community is good for us. Mother Hilda Scott, she's um, she's going to give us some insights that she thought of when she was using Google Maps recently. But to kick us off, we're going to hear from the wonderful Father Mark DiBattista. He's going to talk to us about a tough call, a tough call that Jesus makes today. And he says that anyone who doesn't carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Father Mark's going to break open that gospel for us, which Max Norden is about to proclaim for us, Luke 14, 25 to 33. And then Father Mark's going to drop some truth bombs, I think, about what it means to be a disciple and the fact that you've got to be brave, you've got to be tough. Lots of great music on the show. We'll be hearing from Chris Tomlin and Phil Wickham. Thank you, God, for saving me. That's after Father Mark and heaps more great music right throughout the show. Let's get into it. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. So pleased you've joined us this week on The Journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Great crowds accompanied Jesus on his way, and he turned and spoke to them. If any man comes to me without hating his father, mother, wife, children brothers, sisters, yes, and his own life too, he cannot be my disciple. Anyone who does not carry his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And indeed, which of you here intending to build a tower would not first sit down and work out the cost to see if he had enough to complete it? Otherwise, if he laid the foundation and then found himself unable to finish the work, the onlookers would all start making fun of him and saying, here is a man who started to build and was unable to finish. Or again, what king, marching to war against another king, would not first sit down and consider whether, with 10,000 men, he could stand up to the other who advanced against him with 20,000? If not, then, while the other king was still a long way off, he would send envoys to sue for peace. So in the same way, none of you can be my disciple unless he gives up all his possessions. The Gospel of the Lord. And now, the Gospel Reflection with Father Mark D. Batista. When Jesus says, unless you hate your father and mother and brothers and sisters, some of you might think, yes, I do actually hate them sometimes. But this is not exactly what he wants you to do. It's just a metaphorical way of speaking a hyperbole, you might say, in Semitic times for Jesus to overstate his point because he's trying to make such a strong point. The love he wants us to have for our cross and for him, because we are his disciples, would seem like hating our father and mother 
and our brothers and sisters because we must love him above all other things. And this is a tough call to make because we have a natural love for our fathers and mothers and sisters and so forth. We just love them because they've raised us, we're in the family with them. But our Lord wants us to put him truly as number one, front and center of all of our loves. And then he goes on to present the journey of discipleship with him in the way of building a tower or a king marching to war. Before we do various projects in our lives, whether it's a king going into a battle or we're trying to build a tower or we're trying to start a new business, we sit down and do our homework. We prepare ourselves because as the old saying says, you know, you fail to prepare, you're preparing to fail. So we do our homework, we do our foundations. And depending on what we discover, then that determines what we do the next step. So too, if we are going to be disciples of Jesus Christ, then we must sit down. Are we looking at things honestly? Have I taken into account what it's going to cost me to really do this? And when we've thought about it for a while, we begin to realize that, in fact, there are many things that get into the way of being disciples of Jesus. And for the vast majority of us, myself included, there are always certain things we do not take into consideration. And Jesus puts front and center before us that possessions often are an obstacle to us. And it's not just the material possessions here, although that's the obvious literal sense, but it's all sorts of other possessions, the prestige, the honor, the respect, the attachment we have to our own opinions, to our own thoughts, all of these things can get in the way. And Jesus says, unless you're prepared to give them all up, then you cannot be my disciple. So today as we listen to a very familiar gospel that perhaps we've understood or perhaps we haven't, let's examine our conscience once again and see how far and how deeply have I really thought about what being a disciple means and what must I give up? And is Jesus asking me to give up anything in particular today? You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full.
To the journey, music, interviews, and wisdom for living life to the full. Now, wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda. I recently had to go to a venue outside of Campbelltown. I sort of knew the way, but decided to check because I hadn't actually been to that particular site before. I did what any reasonable person would do. I went to see my friend, Mr. Google as who, as we know, knows all things. He certainly gave me written directions, but they didn't quite fit the image in my mind. So I sought further clarification by risking more of our always fragile internet usage and went to a satellite picture. 
This was very helpful. I could see familiar landmarks. I could see that a significant road had changed since I was last in the vicinity. I could see an important right-hand turn was now not possible. I could also see that there were a few ways of getting to the venue and decided to go against what Mr Google had originally suggested and do it my way. It worked, almost. The way back wasn't quite as clear. It occurred to me that we can apply the same principles to our spiritual life, to our journey and walk with God. In this day and age, we are so very familiar with checking the route, making sure obstacles are averted, using only what is familiar to guide our path. We don't want the inconvenience of getting lost and therefore losing time. We get onto our weather app to see if the weather will be suitable for the journey and if we'll have enough warm clothes. If the weather isn't with us, we don't go. We check out where likely food stops can be made and come prepared accordingly. Really, we've almost every base covered before we put our toe outside the front door. Who then is in charge of your spiritual journey? You or God? Do you want to go where God is? Or do you want to only go where you're comfortable and secure according to your own lights? I fear we are getting used to this latter way of thinking. And I wonder how we handle the journey with God when the weather in our lives can change in an instant and we're not always prepared. Sometimes with God, we don't even have a clear idea of where we're going. We only know that we want God and the journey can turn out to be one surprising view after another. All unplanned by us and a free gift from God. We really don't know what's around the corner. Our sat-nav so often is hope. We hope we're going the right way. We hope we'll find God. We hope things will turn out, but we've no guarantees. Perhaps we will find that that vital right-hand turn, as we see it, isn't there. And we'll need our faith app to keep believing in the God who was still calling to us in the middle of the tornado we didn't see coming. The only nourishment you can provide for the journey is prayer, continual talking to God. Let me tell you a secret. You don't have to worry about getting lost on this journey with God. He is his own satellite picture and your heart is his sat-nav. He always knows where you are and how to find you. Who wouldn't abandon themselves to such a journey with such a God? Thanks to Mother Hilda Scott there. The satellite picture. A reflection on a few little things that she had to say to us about some things she thought of when using Google Maps and uh, God has his own satellite picture with... Um, with our heart as his satellite, and he always knows exactly where you are and how to find you. Hopefully we do the same with him. Coming up after the break, a bit of positive psychology from Father Anthony Crook. He's got his part two in his series on spirituality and well-being. That's after some music from Jeremy Riddle and, and the Porter's Gate of both of those. After the break, we'll be hearing some, some really good stuff about just how good for you being faithful and being part of a church community actually is. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and you're on the journey. 
my heart is overwhelmed And I cannot hear your voice I'll hold on to what is true Though I cannot see If the storms of life they come And the road ahead gets deep I will lift these hands in faith I will believe I'll remind myself Of all that you've done And the life I have Because of your son Look him down and rescue me Look him down and set me free And I am yours God, I'm forever yours Mountain high or valley low I sing out my my soul And I am yours God, I'm forever yours Together on the journey, 
faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. With some more positive psychology, here's Father Anthony Crook. Previously, we had started to discuss how spirituality and or religious belonging might serve as a protective factor in the areas of human well-being and mental health. There is also significant research around with regards to these two also being protective or significant players in the physical health space, but that is far beyond my expertise to discuss. In our last chat, we briefly explored how spirituality or religious belonging might play a role in providing a context for a person to understand or deal with illness or suffering. In this short time, I would like to explore how the experience of religious or spiritual community provides or contributes to not only well-being, but also as a protective factor with regards to mental health. Actively belonging to a religious or spiritual community, almost by definition, 
carries with it the experience of regularly joining with others who share that same worldview. Christians, generally, meet on Sundays. People of Islamic faith gather on Friday. And our Jewish brothers and sisters gather at synagogues on Saturdays. These gatherings at the human level alone bring a person in contact with others. They provide moments for conversation and a sense of sharing a place and time together with people who see and experience the world in ways similar to oneself. Human beings are social animals, and so this coming together, apart from any solely religious aspect, meets this very deep and human need. This is one of the human needs identified by Abraham Maslow back in 1943, when he first published his ideas around a hierarchy of human needs and human motivation. We know, and this knowing was further supported from data related to mental health experiences during the COVID lockdowns, that contact with others, and contact that is more than simply online, is a feature of healthy human functioning. When deprived of the experiences of being with others, we tend not to thrive. Belonging to a worshipping community provides a structured and regular experience of being with others. It is also, for those of us who are a little on the lazy side, a pure gift, as we do not need to ring around and decide on the date, time, venue and nature of an event. We simply arrive at our usual place of worship and, hey presto, community. At a very practical level, if I am regular at church, mosque, temple or synagogue, and fail to attend services a couple of weeks in a row, then people are likely to notice my absence and follow up on that. There may well be a phone call or a home visit to check how I am going. When, as often is the case with mental health disorders, major depression for example, I lack the energy or interest in gathering with others, which only exacerbates my condition, then the noticing of my lack of attendance can bring with it a certain remedy in that people come to visit me. This sense of belonging and the human need for contact is of course met in other organisations and associations. For example, people who belong to service organisations such as Apex and Rotary, or who play significant roles in local sporting groups, would find a similar experience. This does not detract from the experience of coming together and belonging that is provided for in a religious or spiritual community. Instead, it only highlights how religious or spiritual belonging and association meets this very deep human need. Thanks to Father Anthony Crook there. Some really good messages about mental health and general well-being and importance of being connected. No wonder people in church and faith communities are generally doing so much better than people that are not connected with faith and connected with each other in that, that really deep way. After the break, Trish McCarthy's going to ask us if we're doing too much. She's still going to come on the show, and so is Father Dave Callahan. We'll hear from him a little bit later on. First up, though, here's Avalon and the song, How Great Thou Art. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and you're still on the journey. Here the 
faith, hope, love and life. This is The Journey. And now it's time for Milk and Honey with Trish McCarthy. Do you know, I have found that if I'm rushing from one thing to the next or place to place, then I'm doing too much. When I do this, I become inattentive to details, from the beauty in creation to the feelings of myself and others, from the Spirit's promptings to what my body is telling me. You would remember well the scripture story of Martha and Mary, and how Mary, who chose to be still in Jesus' presence, was rewarded. This is a very simple and short encouragement this week, and comes back to my introduction, asking the question, am I rushing from one thing to the next? Am I doing too much that I have become inattentive? Aim today to say no to something that would ordinarily add pressure to your life, and say no to any feelings of guilt that accompanies that choice. Or declutter an aspect of your life, letting something go. One of your many roles at church, one of the after-school activities for the kids to spend valuable time with them. Delegate an area of work that someone else is capable of. Clean out a cupboard. And get in touch with what are the absolute necessary things in life. Essentially, focusing on doing only a few things well, rather than spreading ourselves thin and compromising the quality of those things. This will help us to lead a well-balanced and integrated life. Thanks very much. That was Trish McCarthy. She's been a wonderful contributor to this show over a long period of time. And nice reflection on the scripture story of Martha and Mary and asking us the question, are we we doing too much? We're spending enough time just being with Jesus in his presence. Thank you to Trish. We've sure got some wonderful presenters on this show. And after the break, you're going to hear from another one, Father Dave Callahan. He's going to break open some universal and pretty profound but basic principles about love. It seeks to be known and it seeks union. Primarily, that's the stuff he's going to break open for us. That's after the break. First up, a bit of music is a couple of songs coming up for you. We're going to hear from Passion, How Great Is Our God, and Third Day, I Need a Miracle. Father Dave, after the break. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. It's great to be with you on the journey. The splendor of the King Clothed All the earth rejoice He wraps himself in light And darkness tries to hide It trembles at his voice Trembles at his voice How great
I'm Monique. I'm from Yarrambool, New South Wales, and you're on the journey. She started to cry and thought he ain't coming home She was tired of the lies, tired of the fight But she didn't want to see him go She fell on her knees and said I haven't prayed since I was young But Lord above, I need a miracle on the journey faith hope and love for life in all its fullness here are the missionaries of god's love with the call when we look at how love works there are two things that seem to be universal firstly love seeks to be known 
When you fall in love with someone, you have a desperate desire to make this love known to the other person. This desire seems to go beyond all reason to the point where sometimes you can't control yourself. Even if you're not allowed to tell this person that you love them, you'll find yourself making it known in all sorts of indirect ways. Once love becomes known, we find that the second element of love comes into play. Love seeks union. As soon as someone speaks to us of their love, there is inherent understanding that that love wants to seek union with us. That is why people find it threatening to be told that they are loved. This knowledge always leads somewhere, and sometimes people are not willing to go to that place. If you look at the Bible, you can see the same dynamic playing out. The Old Testament is God seeking to make his love known to us. Once this love has been spoken clearly, it is only natural that this love would then seek union with us. And this is the story of the New Testament, where God comes among us for the one purpose of being united with us. Instead of seeing the Bible as a collection of good moral teachings, we need to see this as a story of God's passionate love desiring union with us. This changes the whole vision, that our response is not to just obey or follow, but to respond to this invitation of love and allow God to enter our lives in a whole new way. I'm Father Dave Callahan from the Missionaries of God's Love. Find out more about us at mglpriestsandbrothers.org. I am a Christian and my name is Pilgrim. I'm on a journey, but I'm not alone. Jesus is with me and he goes before me. His love surrounds me, he's leading me home. One step at a time for now, just keep your feet on the ground. Don't lose your way chasing the crowd. It's where your road begins, don't stop, don't settle in. Just tell yourself there's something more than this. Just tell yourself there's something more than this. Everybody say,
great song to finish with there. New song, well, I'm a Christian. Thanks to Father Dave Callahan for breaking open for us some pretty profound things about the nature of love and God's desire to be in union with us. Thanks too to Trish McCarthy who asked us to think about slowing down and consider how much we're doing and spending time with Jesus. To Father Anthony Crook, to Mother Hilda Scott and to Father Mark DiBattista who right back at the start of the show spoke to us about Jesus' tough call in today's Gospel, picking up our cross and, and following him as disciples. That's what we're meant to do. We will be doing this all again next week. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. We'd love to bring it to you wherever you're listening in from. Yeah, enjoying some new seasons, some new spring weather. I certainly have been this week. I've enjoyed the, the slowly climbing temperatures and a, a little bit of a spike in the water temperature. As regular listeners will know, I, I jump in the water each and every morning at a little place called Ostermere and do a few laps in the ocean. It's been a bit chilly over the last few weeks, but slowly climbing, which is, uh, which is really nice. Hope whatever you're doing this weekend and over the course of next week that you're able to spend some quality time with God and, and doing so in the outdoors is always a great idea, particularly in this season of creation that we're in, this wonderful time of the church's year. Anyway, we'll be doing it all again next week. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and thanks for joining us this week on The Journey. The Journey is presented by Jude Hennessy and produced by Max Norton from the Office of the Bishop in the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.